You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings and salutations. Oh, and greetings to you in kind. In kind. Yeah, I didn't know I was going to say that, and it just sort of spilled out. Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> I receive it. <laughs> I receive those greetings in kind. Excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Weird thing I've experienced. Hmm. I don't know if this is age or what. And this is going to sound, just trust me, before here's my preamble. Okay. It's going to sound more severe than it actually is. Okay. Because I feel like the words associated with this, you can be like, whoa, Ethan, how old are you? But I'm like, yeah, I'm 30. Um, <laughs> so sometimes if I'm like, I, I just feel like my hips are very sore. Mm. I think it's from sleeping on my side a lot. Like, spe- mm. does this make that? I don't know what that sounds like. I don't know if that makes it sound like I do nothing but sleep or if, I, if it sounds like <laughs> I'm 87. But... It's like, it's like, I don't know, man. I lay on my side. That's like exclusively the way I sleep. I'm not a back sleeper. I'm not a stomach sleeper. Mm-hmm. I am a side sleeper. Yeah, I am too. I, I, I am toss too. and turn. Yeah. Quite a, I mean a fair amount. Like the sooner, the closer it gets to morning. I'm like, other side. I wake up, other side. It's like how I re-enter sleep. I, I turn over. But like my hips, my joints, my hip joints mm-hmm. are sore. I feel like I need ibuprofen. Like <laughs> on the right. Like what's happening? It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know what the deal. My bed is soft. I don't have like a, you know, super firm mattress or anything like that. I don't Mm. know what the deal is. I don't know what's wrong with me. I guess you're just becoming ancient of days. I'm going to, maybe I should just try to sleep on my back for for like a couple days to see if it it goes away. Mm. Because it it feels like a bed sleep thing. Because this is not all the time. I've had this happen in my life Mm. for like a season, a moment. This happened. Okay. Here's, I'm trying to validate myself real hard. This happened in college once. I wasn't 30 in college, <laughs> but I specifically remember like, cause again, it's the side sleeping thing. And I was like, wow, why does my like left hip like hurt so much? Am I always sleeping on that side? Not sure. Mm. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. So the sleeping on the back thing, you know, Oh, I get no. that would seem like a solution and you know, for you and for most people, maybe, Yeah. but I, yeah, who have occasionally fallen asleep on my back. Uh-oh. Go to great lengths not to do that you just, anymore. Mm, you because, me. Yeah. yes, sir, you know what you get sometimes when you sleep on your back? <sighs> sleep paralysis. Yeah. Do y'all know what that is, you listeners? What? You don't know? Okay, let don't, me tell oh, you. Don't look it up, though. Don't look it up. Don't watch the documentary. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be doomed. Yeah. No, that's like where you will like wake up, mm-hmm. but your body is not awake. Yeah. So you're unable to move. And then... I don't know why. I've not watched the documentary. So I'm, I'm not, not going. I never, I will never do it. But you hallucinate. Yeah. It's like the first time this ever happened to me was our freshman year, Ethan, at Liberty University. <laughs> I remember the story. <laughs> and I was, I woke up, I couldn't move, but I was able to like turn my head slightly and look in, we had an open closet and, oh, no. and there was, there was a tall looking <laughs> demon looking dude in the closet and i was like oh my gosh i thought like there's someone in this room and i'm he's about to slaughter me that's horrific and it was just an hallucination what an awful awful thought it was it was not fun you know my other strategy that i'm definitely gonna do now instead Mm. i have sometimes created like a a trough of pillows like a cradle Mm. a nest a pillow (laughs) a pillow cradle trough nest upon which i will sleep so it's like i'm actually not on the mattress i'm like sinking into this body length coffin of pillow Mm. i'm gonna do that now so that's my new plan (laughs) 
I will report back next week <laughs> we'll to see, see if I've alleviated my my <laughs> joints. Veins. What is happening? Uh, well, now that everyone knows more about our um, yeah our sleep patterns than perhaps anyone ever cared to know. Wow. On a completely different note, do you remember? That's a Monty Python bit. Yeah. You remember that? And now for something completely different. <laughs> yes. A little comedic element there. I was reminded recently of that famous passage in First Peter, where he tells Christians to always be ready to give an answer to mm. anyone who asks about the hope that we have. Right. Which is a standard verse for the work of apologetics, yeah. you know, of defending the faith. Pretty run-of-the-mill stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, scripture is not run-of-the-mill, so forgive me, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. But uh, what struck me as I was reviewing this was the other half of the passage. The half that normally gets cut off. Of course it does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is amazing what you understand when you put a verse back in the context where you found it. (laughs) Yeah, because what you see if you keep reading past 1 Peter 3.15 is that many times people asking you for a reason for the hope that you have will not look the way you would expect. Mm. So it's a classic episode of we're all used to hearing X, but further reading might actually recontextualize your assumptions. Yes, isn't that wild how that happens? Honestly, it's one of my favorite things. It is, isn't that just like it's waking up to a brand new world? <sighs> this has happened many, many times for me where I've thought I've had a handle on something and it's like, oh, actually, but you know what? I'm here for it. I love that. I just, I want, I want to have a better understanding. So yeah, I'm game. Let's yeah, go. let's do it. Let's do it. Because we might expect that if we live in the manner of Jesus and we're salt of the earth people, mm-hmm. distinct from the world around us, mm-hmm. shine like lights in the darkness. Wow. That unbelievers will come up to us and very politely say, right. I can just tell there's something different about you. Would you mind <laughs> to tell me more about why that is? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, remember that in high school. Oh, yeah. I definitely feel like that is a deeply cliched and unrealistic expectation. Yeah. It's like truly the exception to the rule. Honestly, yes. I think the person who says that probably in my mind, in my imagination, and possibly I've kind of seen this sort of thing loosely happen. It's an, a very kind older woman who is already a Christian. <laughs> yeah. She is a Christian. She's, She's just impressed check, that like, you, a young person, are, are decent. Also- <laughs> that's it. And you don't even have to be a Christian to do that. You know what I mean? I just, I opened the door or something. You know, that's not, it's not locked behind religion. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't play out the way no. you think. No, because, and if that is what we're most often expecting, mm-hmm. like if we think, oh, that's what opportunities to fulfill first peter 315 are going to look like we're probably going to miss the real opportunities when they come Mm. and i think peter actually makes that clear in this passage okay so you know pay attention to what peter says in these next verses okay all right he says but in your hearts revere christ as lord always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have so far Mm -hmm. so good Mm -hmm. now this is where we really want to begin to pay close attention But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. Wow. That is um, really no uncertain terms there when it comes to manner in which we're meant to conduct ourselves. Yes. And to that point, in the middle of this passage, he tells us to always be prepared to give an answer when someone asks us why we have such hope. 
You know, why we cling to the gospel and live the way we do. Peter does expect us to be presented with opportunities to do that. But he tells us to do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience. Yeah. Now, why do you think he has to say that? Hmm. I'm starting to think there's a, there's a timeless pitfall <laughs> that we've all been prone to mistake <laughs> to and That's right. I imagine he says that because under normal circumstances, we won't be asked this question gently or hmm. respectfully. Yeah. In fact, he says there, those who speak maliciously against your good behavior. So the question will probably be asked of us incredulously or perhaps yeah. mockingly. Yeah. Like not in a, this is not a friendly environment, in other words. Right. And so- They're not impressed by you. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> the question then is, okay- if they're responding to you with malice, it's more mocking. Like mm. they're asking you these questions with a lot of scorn. Scorn yeah. is a great word. Thank you. Then how are you supposed to respond? Yeah. You know, because it could be easy to just go down to their their level. But yeah. mm. it does make me think of like Noah or, or Nehemiah, perhaps mm-hmm. of like, yes, you're getting like really called out or or just like drug through the dirt for something i'm like dude i'm just can you just let me do this <laughs> can i build my arc please please like it's my you... passion project buddy. <laughs> this is my wall <laughs> you don't know a flood is coming like oh yeah sure noah says a flood's coming why are you building that arc idiot like it's never rained yeah. what's rain dummy like that's a great example like ringing up noah i love that you know yeah, that might be a little bit more uh on point than nehemiah but yeah well yeah but i mean he had the same thing we're like you know yeah. sam ballot and the boys and the gang were like yeah. oh like why are you building the wall gashmu says you intend to rebel you know like well who the heck's gashmu buddy <laughs> you know like you know but you have to respond in a way that is fitting yeah. with your christian call and yeah christian conviction exactly and I mean, to that point, I did know a Christian when I was serving in the military. And by the way, this isn't me. This isn't me being like Paul <laughs> talking about myself in the third person. Right? I'm describing someone else I know. But he would occasionally bump up against this because he wasn't living like everyone else on the base. And I wasn't either, to be fair. But it was <laughs> he was in a, a more prominent position than I was. Okay. okay. So that's, you know. But he wasn't sleeping around, wasn't getting drunk every weekend, mm-hmm. wasn't foul-mouthing everybody okay yeah, which right. on a military base that does make you stand out <laughs> like, you, would think, yeah. you know um at least i'll put it this way on the military base with the kind of people i was working with sure. at that time in my stage of, of life okay and every once in a while you know someone would say something to the effect of you know oh you think you're just better than us you know like i don't i don't get you i don't get you at all <laughs> right i know that kind of like yeah like in, incredulous um yeah. And he would try to take those moments as unique opportunities to do what Peter exhorted, to Mm. try and, you know, talk about Christ in a way that wasn't condescending, that wasn't like, well, because I'm more righteous than you, idiot. You know, like, obviously. (laughs) Sorry, I'm mature. Yeah, like, and I actually get things, (laughs) dummy. And so even when others were unkind or snarky or derogatory, I don't ever recall seeing him respond in an unkind or disrespectful way Hmm. as he tried to share the reason for the hope that was in him and that caused him to live differently. Yeah. Like, cause you don't, you don't want to end up finding yourself like repaying scorn with, with like further disrespect or incisive remarks. Cause like at that point, (laughs) what's so different after all, (laughs) just like going to engage in the same kind of disposition and behavior. You're right. Yeah. It's like almost the flip on what Jesus says in the gospels where he's like, Tax collectors and sinners love those who love them. Like yeah. your real 
test is do you love those who hate you, you know, yeah. who scorn you, who despise you, mm-hmm. which raises an interesting question. By telling us to be gentle and respectful, is Peter saying here, you're not supposed to say, speak firmly about sin, uh. right? Because I do think there is a, to the unbelieving world, depending on where you are, mm. speaking about sin in any way by principle would be deemed as not being gentle or respectful. Sure. But Peter's obviously not advocating that, you know? Right. If you're going to share the message of Jesus, part of the gospel is repentance of sin and faith in Christ. You know, like that's part of the, the mm. part of the package. Right. So part of that means saying hard words about sin because Jesus said hard words about sin. You want to talk about Jesus saying something shocking. Yeah. He said, anyone who calls another person, which this is just, it's the marvels of Jesus. You know, he says, anyone who calls another person a fool, or he had a colloquial term. He said, if anyone says raka to someone, which would be the equivalent of us saying like, you're a dunce, you know, like you're a low IQ idiot, (laughs) right? With scorn in your heart, you know, you're not being like, you know, joking, silly, you know, but like, you're like, really like, like you, you dummy and you mean to put them down mm-hmm. he said if you do that you're liable to the fire of hell Dang, man, you know like that's hard like you want to talk about like most people i don't think would imagine that as a spectacular sin right but, no you're absolutely but, right but jesus does so yeah. it's like oh gosh you know like yeah. it, it, there's plenty to go around and, and for even all of us. that's already massively like recalibrating my assumptions what right. what else what else have i not considered right <laughs> like you know outside the bounds of like how I should be like conducting myself. But, right. Um, thinking back to um, the original question you raised like, oh, we're, we're supposed to be gentle and yep. respectful. Uh, and then I think like there's this weird impulse. It's like, well, am I not supposed to speak firmly about sin? Like you, like you mentioned, I, I definitely remember this exact, exact attitude in like the early nineties. I say early, maybe mid late nineties, early, early two thousands, mm-hmm. like in our little kind of sphere our our kind of christian bubble that's our that, bubble yeah that's definitely an attitude that is very familiar to me like you know we can't go easy on sin so obviously you must be violin repugnant <laughs> <laughs> prove to jesus how righteous we are yeah. <laughs> like, give him the westboro baptist treatment yeah. and it's like i think that's such a clear example of, of what he's rebuking here it's like it's a mm-hmm. false dichotomy to say that if i'm expected to be gentle and respectful that i have no convictions i mean it's assumed that you do it's assumed right that you do have convictions right but but with great conviction comes great responsibility <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's like and it's and it's like it's hard it's this is not i feel like the idea that you're supposed to be like gentle and respectful is that you're meant to be kind of is demure the word i'm looking for meek perhaps I, yeah meek is a good word but i yeah. think w- when you have like that deeply rooted conviction that is actually the challenge is to get a handle on yourself yeah in those moments mm-hmm. because because you know, like what you feel is ideally rooted in something that is that is good and and you know rightly placed and rightly formed but depending on how you conduct yourself can really that could that could go to waste pretty fast yeah if you are sinfully saying hard words about sin you've just defeated the whole purpose you know so if someone reviles me and i in turn look at them and say well unless you repent you'll burn in hell and i'll be glad if you do (laughs) like uh, oh uh oh like i have you know i've gone the completely the wrong way right you know i've technically said something true to the message of jesus because those who don't repent face eternal judgment but i have not said it in the manner of jesus because he never said or intimated anything like that yeah so when we model christ's message and find these unique moments to further speak Christ's message, we need to include the whole package. Yeah. You know, God made us, we owe everything to him, yet we rebel and disobey him. That sin has merited us nothing but guilt before him, unless we turn to Christ, believe that he suffered 
our punishment for our sakes, rose to newness of life, and repent of our sins. And to say that then in the manner of Christ. <laughs> right. You know? And I do, as we conclude, find it telling that Peter wrote this command not to a pastor's conference, right? Hmm. Not to a society of professional apologists, not to an academy of theologians. This is a letter he wrote to the church, yeah. which would have been read to the whole church, which means that this is the call of every Christian, mm-hmm. right? Every Christian is called to be ready to share why they have the hope that they have and live the way they do in the face of being treated perhaps maliciously mm-hmm. or being scorned or reviled, however that ends up looking. I think the circumstance that he lays out too is, is rather specific and also probably one of the most difficult scenarios imaginable. To yeah. get a handle on yourself. You right. Know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's when you're in the heat of a, the heat of the moment when something like that is happening. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure yeah. we've all had experiences like that. Mm. It is a, I'm not exaggerating. Like it takes supernatural yeah. abilities you know, to, yeah. to do this kind of thing. So yeah, Peter is not telling us we have to perfectly articulate Anselm's ontological argument for God mm. or be able to thoroughly answer every objection of every skeptic here. Right. He's simply telling us that when the world incredulously asks us why we live the way we live, we are to tell them that it's because we believe what we believe and we know who we know. And so if you haven't given much thought to whether or not you could do that today, right now, Mm. here's your encouragement. Be prepared. (laughs) All right. I could not resist the opportunity to throw in a little (sighs) Lion King reference. Yes. Take those every opportunity you can. So, thank you as always for listening. If you have any questions on this or any other topic, as always, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And if you found this helpful, you know, you want to yeah. share the message of your review in a manner <laughs> fitting of the Apple Podcast platform, little five star bitty, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, if you want to, if you want to. Thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.